0: Coffee Connections. My name is Seth Weiner, and I am your rockshiner. Coffee Connections: insights from innovators here in Atlanta in the nonprofit world. Uh, and it's gorgeous outside today. I always like talking about the weather bees. It really is. I love Atlanta. We actually have a we have two seasons: spring, fall, which is one season, and summer. So we're in the spring, fall, actually the fall, spring, um, and it's really, really nice. Great hiking weather. Uh, Lots happening. Um, I feel like the world's getting, well, the world's still spinning. So that's really good news, folks. The world is still spinning. Uh, Today on Coffee Connections, we're going to be joined by Jamie Lackey, the CEO of Helping Mamas. Uh, And Jamie is, uh, let me show you here. Um, There we go. Uh, Jamie, after nearly 20 years of uh, being a social worker, Uh, saw firsthand that mothers she served couldn't afford the basic necessities to care for their babies and children. Now, this is interesting. The statistics remain staggering. One in three women in Georgia can't afford diapers. I'm going to say this again. One in three women in Georgia cannot afford diapers. So in 2014, she took a leap and founded Helping Mamas with a mission to collect and donate baby supplies to, organizers, or sorry, to organizations who serve women and children in need in Georgia. Her role as CEO and as well founder, uh, she oversees and manages volunteers, corporate groups, and partnerships, prepares grants, and works with an active board of directors. She handles the day-to-day operations that move the agency forward, and today has been one of those days. She has been very, very busy, so I appreciate her time. Um, I also want to let you know that she is a recipient of the United Way of of Metro Atlanta's first annual Spark Award, which recognizes a local nonprofit organization with the most innovative strategy to impacting poverty. So, ladies and gentlemen, please uh, welcome to the show. Whoops, there you are. <laughs> Wait, where'd you go? I don't know. There, there you are. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh, wow. How are you?
1: Hanging in there. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. It's great to have you. I know you had a very busy morning. We'll talk about that, but let's get you pepped up. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Do you drink coffee?
1: Uh, not really. No, sometimes.
0: But do you have a coffee mug that you drink out of? I have a coffee mug. Oh, all okay. right. Let's take a look at that. Yes. Nope. It's, nope. <laughs> how, do, how does that come into play? Does that, when people come into your office and you just... Uh, Give them the old nope.
1: Absolutely. I have no room for any negativity, anything challenging, hard, stressful. If we can't handle it. We can always handle it. So nope is usually my answer if something bad is happening because we can make it good. So, but I do drink out of it. I drink, um, I drink hot chocolate. I drink Coke in the morning. So absolutely. My best friend got it for me last year for Christmas. So I keep it with me every day.
0: All right. Uh, now, you said hot chocolate. Do you like your hot chocolate Uh, piping hot with whipped cream, um, mildly hot with milk,
1: mildly hot with a little milk.
0: All right. Now let's get real. Where's your favorite hot chocolate? Denny's waffle house. Where's where, when you were a kid, where's your favorite?
1: Um, probably waffle house.
0: Uh, I mean, where, where you're like, you burnt your tongue and your mouth like immediately.
1: Yeah. Also really like um, Ghirardelli, um, the chocolate folks, they make some hot chocolate that comes out um, usually in the wintertime and it is so good. You can buy it at the store. Usually it's, it's really good.
0: Awesome. Well, speaking of really good, uh, will you please tell everybody about helping mamas?
1: Sure. Um, So you covered it really well in your intro. Thank you so much. We are a baby supply bank. We collect and distribute essential baby items and we distribute those to organizations that serve women and children in need. So if you think about it, birth age 12, we probably have it here in our warehouse. So um, if you've ever had kids, you know, they need a lot of equipment, a lot of supplies, diapers, clothing, bottles. Um, we also added period products last year um, uh, for uh, teen girls and moms and women in general. Um, so we added that last year and that's been one of our most requested items in the last year. So. Um, We keep it here. We have during non-COVID times, um, we usually have a warehouse full of volunteers helping us sort, organize and get things ready. Um, And then um, we have our social workers from all of our partner agencies. We have about 150 agencies across the state of Georgia that come here and pick up items and they take them to the families they serve. So like you said, one in three moms had to choose between diapers and food for their child. Um and that's what we call diaper need and without diapers children can't go to daycare without daycare parents can't work um so we want to meet people where they're at with their most basic essentials and make sure their children are taken care of
0: Wow yeah that's uh it's interesting I mean I I didn't know that statistic till um I met you and and read that and I found that to be pretty shocking um I mean obviously food is important but um I didn't think about the The other needs. So let us let's, uh, let's break this down a little bit, though. Okay. So Helping Mamas is uh, started in two thousand and fourteen, was it? Correct. So, what got you to start? What was it—a personal experience, or what got you to found this organization?
1: So, a couple of things. I mean, I've been a social worker and worked in the nonprofit sector and worked in the hospital setting for about twenty, almost twenty years. At the time, it's over twenty years now. Um, and saw just like a common need. And, you know, like I was you know, working in a parenting program and people would hear that we had a parenting program and they would show up and they'd be like, we did a diaper drive. Here's a bunch of size one diapers and all the babies we served were in size five. Um, so, you know, it was well intended, but there was just no coordinated effort. Um, And, you know, I would see, you know, folks, you know, leaving parenting sessions, spending, you know, 45 minutes of a parenting, 45 minutes of an hour long parenting class, just looking for resources for children and for them to be able to access. And so I just figured out, you know, I'm a mom. I have two kids. My kids are older now. um, But I was like, you know, I have a lot of baby stuff left over from when my kids were babies. I know I have a lot of mom friends. I wonder if I can take this passion for being a motherhood and my passion for being a social worker and come up with an idea, a way to collect baby supplies and get specifically what moms need, you know, the size diaper they need, the size clothing they need and, you know, whatever it is they need specifically if we can get our social workers to get it directly to them. Um, Since I had been in the social work field for a long time, had a lot of contacts and knew it was a need and just thought I'll give it a try and see what happens. so in 2014, we started out of my garage and my best friend's basement. um, And here we are um, six years later and um, we've got a little over 9,000 square feet and serve about 50,000 individuals a year.
0: Wow. That's, that's, that's a, quite the space. Now, this is, not, this is your second location? Is that right?
1: We, we did. We started in Snellville. Um, we had a small warehouse in Snellville, um, and we outgrew it quickly. So after about three years, we outgrew that, and we moved here about two years ago.
0: And was your first warehouse uh, your garage?
1: Yes, it was my garage. And much to my husband's um, happiness, he, I've never seen him move boxes so fast as when I said we have a warehouse. He was ready for them to get out of the garage.
0: And is he still coming and helping move in boxes today? (laughs)
1: Uh, Absolutely he is. He actually was just here the other day helping us uh, cut stuff and move stuff around in our warehouse to make it fit better. So yeah, he still gets Mm -hmm. recruited every day.
0: And how large of an organization are you? How many, um, how much, uh, how much staff do you have on a given day?
1: So we have four full-time staff and then we have um, an AmeriCorps VISTA program. And if you're not familiar with that, it's like Peace Corps for the United States. So we get really fabulous, dedicated folks who serve for a year Um, of service and um, they serve for us so we have eight of those right now so we have eight plus our four so there's 12 of us
0: wow and you mentioned about the volunteers now on the intro there were some photos i found online Mm -hmm. uh, of volunteers sorting different um, diapers and different items etc but they all were wearing masks so so you're so i i assume that those are fresh and new photos yeah
1: we have small groups in right now. We we held groups for a while um, and didn't have anybody in um, just during the court. We stayed open during the pandemic, but there was days that or during the worst of the pandemic, we're still in the pandemic. Yeah. But during the worst of it, when it first started, there were days there was just one of us here, and we were still getting supplies out. It was very overwhelming, but we did it. And um, then we've gradually let our staff come back in phases, so we're all back, um, you know, full time now. And then. Um, we started letting volunteers come back in slowly. So we will take folks in groups up to 10, um, but you have to wear a mask. We have enough space that we can socially distance, and we have a health questionnaire that people have to fill out. We um, you know, we had over 1,700 volunteers last year. We cannot do what we do without volunteers. So it just got to the point where the need was growing so big, we had to find a way to safely let volunteers back in.
0: Now, are, are you worried about the... Um loss of connection with volunteers in terms yes. of you had 1700 next year when things, you know, get back to a little bit more normal mm-hmm. that you don't lose that connection with them and momentum.
1: Yeah, we had tons of momentum and that was what this space was supposed to be for us is that we wanted to be a space. I mean, we can host up to hundred volunteers at a time. Um, and so that's really rare and unique. And so corporations really seek us out and want to be involved because we can host their whole teams and large groups all at one time. Um, And so that's been really a tough thing. But the great thing is a lot of the companies that we work with plus new companies have been reaching out and saying, what can we do from home? Um, What can we do from our office space? How do we stay involved? So we've been able to help them stay involved. And then we already got folks ready to plan. They're like, as soon as they can, they're ready to come back in 2021. So uh, we just really stayed connected to them via social media, emails, phone calls. Uh, And so we were really confident that they'll come back um, next year. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, when it comes to sourcing, do you source in a traditional manner that's uh, not even traditional? Do you source, like, say, a food bank where your your donation dollars are going to allow helping mamas to get diapers at a much more reduced right. rate? Or is it independence, like, hey, you have extra diapers, donate?
1: Both. Um, so we take community drive individuals. I mean, we just had two individuals show up here today, and they dropped off just some leftover baby supplies that they had diapers we take open packages of diapers and we repackage them so literally we make every diaper count Um, we have community groups that do drives um, throughout the year for us and that's what keeps us going but then we also are able to take um, financial donations and purchase diapers and get diapers at a much more affordable cost because we have purchasing power with two national networks that we're a part of and that just really really helps make a huge difference for us like um, we were able to get 280,000 diapers um, earlier this year from Huggies and the National Diaper Bank Network as, as a donation. And so um, when that happens, you know, there's some fees associated with it, but nothing, nothing even remotely related to what you would be, you know, paying, you know, diapers in, in, in person. So we're just really grateful for that.
0: Got it. Now this might be a silly question, but for someone like myself, I think about that. I hear diapers and I'm wondering, well, is it all disposable diapers or is it also, you know, the cot, uh, the, the cloth. towel diapers of what cloth. Yeah,
1: yeah thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great question. We have never really had a request for cloth diapers. We don't say no, but we've never really had a request for it. Um, there are diaper banks across the country that focus specifically on cloth diapers, but um, we do disposable, most folks do disposable diapers. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, if you don't have access to a washing machine and dryer on a regular basis, then it's definitely difficult to wash those and keep those clean consistently. And a lot of daycares, you're not allowed to have cloth diapers, um, because it is, it can be like a public health hazard because they don't have the ability to clean them there during the day. Um, so a lot of families that have their children in childcare aren't able to, uh, use cloth diapers.
0: All right. And our diapers, our disposable diapers, um, uh, getting more advanced in terms of, uh, not recyclability, because no one wants a recycled diaper, but environmentally friendly. I mean, are we getting, are we moving in that direction?
1: I think so. I mean, I don't do a whole lot around that, uh, but they, I know they work very hard to be uh, sustainable and, and to reuse products to make diapers. Um, So they, I think they've come a long way.
0: Now, what other organizations, so you're very specific. It's very, very simple. You're going to collect diapers and get them to people that need it. Like just, you know, on the surface level, right? What organizations were doing this before you?
1: There wasn't any. Um, the Atlanta Community Food Bank uh, did do some diapers from time to time. But then when we opened and got a warehouse, they got out of that and you know let us handle the diaper because they just do food, um, obviously. And they do that very well. So they, we do, over- they
0: do number one. You do number two.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yes, <laughs> for sure. So um, we took over and we do food and having I mean, diapers. Um, but yeah, before that, I mean, there may have been some smaller groups, but no, nothing to the capacity of what we were able to do. I, that's why we grew so fast was because the need was yeah. so big and nobody was doing it.
0: And what about like social services and stuff? Were they doing that internally? And then mm-hmm. now they're no, they weren't. Wow. Very rarely. So,
1: very rarely. They, they may have a small budget for it, but not nearly to the quantity that may need it. And that's kind of where we come in. We're like, we want you to use your money and your dollars directly for direct service to the clients you're uh-huh. serving. Let us supply the diapers, and you guys make your money go further. And let us, you know, come alongside you and, and supply that.
0: And you worked. So I, I think you said you work tightly with like the DFACS yep. and all that. Yeah, we do. Um, and uh, and what about the in the, the child Center for Child Child Advocacy and uh, such groups like that? Did they tie into you as well?
1: We yeah, so we have over 150 partner agencies and it ranges from foster care agencies, we work with Choa, we work with school systems, we work with DFACS, um domestic violence shelters, homeless shelters, mentoring programs, you name it. I mean, if if they're serving, you know, women and children in need, then there's a good chance we're working with them.
0: And you've expanded to Tennessee, right? We
1: did. So my hometown is in Knoxville, Tennessee. I don't know if you can see um, in the thing, my Tennessee my Tennessee T in the back. Let's, but let's I'm there, very, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, So I'm from Tennessee and that was my hometown. And it was strange. We had a lot of people who saw what we were doing and saw how much we were growing. And they're like, Hey, we're going to do a diaper drive. And, send to you. and I was like, wait, hold on a second. Your community needs it too. Um, let's see what we can do. So we were able to start in Knoxville about a year and a half ago and they they've just seen tremendous growth as well.
0: Right. Now we joked about this in the beginning before we went live. And that is, the goal is to be out of business yeah. right i mean so but that said that aside you know is the goal to be get to get to that goal would yeah. be to solve the problem and there's a national problem not just one here is your is helping mamas five years down the road ten years down the road are you envisioning that this is an organization that is across the country
1: correct um, maybe not across the country is more the southeast and the east coast and um, there's a lot of really strong diaper banks already across the country our kind of goal is to go into communities where there's not one already, where there's not presently mm-hmm. one and see if we can establish one there. So there wasn't anything in Knoxville. So that made perfect sense for us. Um, but yeah, that's always been our goal is to try to expand to areas where there's a need and, and make sure we put something there.
0: Yeah. And then you mentioned something earlier with the volunteers and it got me thinking, I'm curious, there's so many, like so many uh, wonderful preschools that have, that come from, that have families in it that don't have this problem and i'm curious if you partner with them and they come in and do any fundraising or Mm -hmm. do any uh volunteer work for you
1: absolutely we just had a couple of daycares kids are kids they are a pretty big chain of daycares they just did a fund a couple of their sites and fundraisers for us Um, a lot of them will do diaper drives for us because i mean naturally um there they have children that are growing out of diapers regularly so Mm -hmm. we're able to put you know uh, bins there and do that so yeah there's several child care centers um that we work with that have been super supportive because they get it i mean they get the mission and they get what the need is and so they've been a wonderful source of support
0: Mm -hmm. and and you mentioned it's not just diapers what are some of the uh, you said uh you recently started the hair products as well you Uh, said
1: period products feminine hygiene products so we started that yeah no worries um so we started that um but before that we do clothes we do bottles pacifiers wipes toys car seats cribs pack and play strollers Mm -hmm.
0: Everything Something making- tells me, like in about six months to eight months, you're gonna get a lot of wipes. Donated. Why is that? Because everyone bought like so many, and then yes. when the pandemic calms down. Yeah, I think people are gonna be like, I don't need a hundred bottles of alcohol wipes or whatever we'll it is. You know?
1: Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. So <laughs> it, it was really tough in the beginning because the supply chain was obviously so hampered and people did go out in panic and there was no diapers left like anywhere. And uh, right, right. diaper shelves were empty. We had new moms calling us from the hospital. Like, Hey, like we left the hospital and we don't have any diapers. Like we can't find any the stores and you certainly don't want new moms and new babies wandering mm-hmm. from store to store in a pandemic. So it was something. I mean, like we had to really, really work with our network and really, really work with supporters. It took us a few months in to be able to get our bulk orders going again. So our bulk distributions coming in again. So, but we're we're back up with that now.
0: Wow. Sorry that just all of a sudden, as you said, that this huge wind came and all these leaves—it looked like rain. I was like, it was very confusing. Sorry if I got. <laughs> it's
1: it's our it's our fall here in Atlanta. It's our it's our yeah. It happens. We get some wind. Some leaves fall down. It, it's it gets a little bit cool, but yeah.
0: So. So then when you're talking about like new mothers that it's not that they can't afford diapers, they couldn't get diapers. And yeah. I mean, that's got to be challenging for you because it's now like, well, you you know, you're it's a little shift of mission, but but it's not. It's getting people diapers. So,
1: yeah, we were able to send people to partner agencies. We just we didn't we were not equipped to be able to take people here personally. We just don't have the staff size. We just don't have it. So we were able to get people to partner agencies and keep the partner agencies full um, for as long as we could. And, and we, we stayed, uh, being able to meet the need, you know, all through the worst of the pandemic, it just took a little bit of time to rev up just because, well, we didn't have time revving up. We just to refill. Once we kind of went through our original stock because of the supply chain issues. But, um, you know, it, it, it was so interesting. It really was, I mean, just what was flying off the shelves. I mean, it was just very interesting.
0: Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. If toilet paper's gone, so is diapers. So are diapers. So
1: diapers yeah. Well,
0: now, you don't do baby food though. It's for that, that would go to the food bank. and.
1: Typically uh, those are food banks. People will deliver it and drop one off. And we just take care of getting it to our local co-ops and food banks in the area.
0: Oh, it's awesome. All right. Well, it takes money to make this happen. Yeah. And, and I'm sure uh, you'd like folks to know to go to helpingmamas.org right down there. (laughs) If you're you're listening online, it's helpingmamas.org. Or if you're looking, it's right there. Press pause, go make a donation, come back. Thanks for coming back. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> so, outside of just direct donations, what are some of your primary funding? Is it from us, uh, from foundations? Is it from mm-hmm. galas? Where where's the primary fundraising come?
1: Not events this year, um, but we get a lot of individual gifts. We get corporate donations. We also get foundation giving grants. Um, and during non COVID years, we do have two events that we put on, and that's helpful um, to help off support for us. Like the big thing is having diversified streaming funds. Which really has played out well for us during the pandemic because you don't want to rely on one source. If you were you know completely event heavy and couldn't pivot quickly enough, that could really you know damage your your budget and your overall revenue during a year like this. So we stay pretty diversified, but we really look at um, individual donors are huge for us, corporations and family foundations.
0: Um, is there any fa- foundation you would like to mention?
1: Yeah, so the Chestnut Family Foundation and the Blank Family Foundation were new donors to us this year, and they saw the work right. we were doing and heard about the work that we were doing, um, and called us and reached out and asked how they could get involved. So they both gave big this year for us to support our COVID relief efforts. So they were fantastic. That,
0: that's awesome. Now I am familiar with the Blank uh, yeah. Foundation. I mean, if you uh, if you like sports, then you probably have, <laughs> you probably know that name well. Yeah. Uh, but but on the on the philanthropy side, that's. They do so many, so much here mm-hmm. in our in in, in Atlanta and Georgia. And um but but it's it that you just what you said though is really me, that they called you. And I just when I think about an organization a foundation like that, I imagine that they get so many calls that if they answered every single call, they would have no money. Right. But that they seek you out, that's 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 a true compliment to what you're doing.
1: Yeah. And, and thank you. And and really a lot of that is like, we're so fortunate to be supported by United Way and um, they raised an incredible amount of money alongside the community foundation of Atlanta this year. We were so fortunate to be recipients of that. And they really lifted us up and highlighted the work we were doing. And that's where a lot of people learned about us this year. So we're super grateful to United Way for doing that. Um, and I think that gives legitimacy to the work you're doing, lets people know you're a well-respected organization. And so um, yeah, people... People started reaching out and wanted to know how to help, and that was fantastic.
0: That's awesome. Now you do have an upcoming event coming up that's happening around the holidays here. Yep. Uh, can you talk about the Adopt a Wish?
1: Absolutely. So we always strive to try to serve, um, be the folks that are there for the families that maybe not necessarily get served. We know a lot of nonprofits during this year have wish lists. They they get their family sponsored. Um, What we're doing is we're letting people adopt lists for age groups. So babies all the way up to moms. And we have lists that you can adopt and you can help us fill kits with those lists. And then we will get those to the families that need them. Um, Particularly in the teen area, they're a very... Overlooked um, group and don't often get what they need in terms of Christmas gifts. That people kind of go for the younger kids and forget about the teens, and then people also forget about the moms a lot. So we try to make sure they um, we kind of put together a list of of things that we think you know teenagers would like. You know, you know all birth all the way up to motherhood and one of the things we're encouraging is like if you're a family um, and you have a mom and teens uh, like we would love for you to adopt a teen, a teen one and a mom one if you have young elementary school kids we'd love for your family to adopt that list you know kind of like go to the age that you have and what you're doing and what you're what's in your home and we will get those right to kids and moms that need the most
0: Awesome. And now that uh, is available on your website, is it correct? Yes. Yep. Perfect. If you go
1: there, you can find the contact information and we, we reach out to us and then we'll let you know what lists we have and how to get them and how to get them to us.
0: Now, you said that the teenagers are often not looking, you know, they're looked over or whatnot. But I wonder, and then you said lists and it got me thinking. You know Santa he has a list and it's about being naughty and nice and teenagers tend to be a little attitudey so do you think that had something to do with it?
1: Maybe, I don't know mine is I I, can, I she's watching sorry kiddo. Um yeah, no, mine can be. You know it's really tough like last year though we um we one of the facts reached out to us and they were like hey we've got some kids and some families Um, And the kids didn't get taken care of. And it was all teenagers. They all had younger siblings. Mm -hmm. all the younger siblings have been taken care of and adopted off these, you know, programs and lists. And we were like, we've got to do something. I mean, these kids need stuff. And so it is harder, I think, to buy for teenagers because they're not into toys. And things they're into are more expensive. Um, So we really encourage, like, gift cards and clothing and, and things, you know, like that, that we can help, you know, so they can get it. It's hard to buy for teenagers. It's really hard to buy for my own teenagers. You know, it's tough.
0: It is. And it's, and you don't want to, you don't want to just give them things that they're going to, you know, you don't want to give them more, oppor- more reasons to be on the screen, you know, it's like you have screen time uh, and they already have a football. So, you know, so yes. yeah, it is, it's got to be challenging. Got to be challenging. Um, I want, although I wonder what the kids wish for. Uh, do you collect the wishes from the kids as well or no?
1: Sometimes we do. Um, you know, like I said, we kind of come behind and say like, what are those kids that didn't get met? Sometimes those are kids that got added to um, one of our agencies late in the season or, you know, so they may not know. So we always just kind yeah. of try to have that backup available. Te- typically it's technology and clothing that I would say those are the two big ones um, that we typically get re- mm-hmm. requests for. So we had a donor last year by um, iPads for um, about 15 teams mm-hmm. that we served and some clothing and you know try to do fun stuff like nail polish and journals and things like that
0: but yeah, yeah that's smart well hopefully also the Queen's Gambit got folks thinking about the fact that the older uh, the older kids in the uh, adoption agencies they don't always get picked it's always it's it's like puppies you know you get uh, an older dog's harder to, to get uh, adopted
1: it's tough and they you know they need love you know and we just want to be here to give it
0: Absolutely. Well, um, I want to thank you for your time. Is there anything else you want to share about helping mamas that we maybe didn't cover?
1: No, I'm just so grateful um, for the opportunity to talk with you today and share about us. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, We always close uh, our episodes with our guests such as yourself getting to recommend a future guest. And I'm curious, is there uh, someone with a nonprofit here in Atlanta that's an innovator that you think would be a great guest for Coffee Connections?
1: Yes, I'm gonna connect you with 3D Girls Inc. They're one of our partner agencies and Rioni Madison Jones is the founder and executive director. And they do a lot of empowerment with teen girls. And it's very impressive what she's been able to build and do and we're happy to walk alongside them and happy to introduce you guys.
0: That would be wonderful. I appreciate the introduction. And again, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for what you're doing. I really hope you go out of business for the right reason. Me
1: too. Uh, (laughs) uh,
0: And folks, I encourage you go to helpingmamas.org check out the website. Uh, make a donation if you can and consider uh, uh, a diaper drive, uh, you know, in, in the end of this year or early next year, especially if you go to schools and you're with other parents and looking for something to do. I imagine that there's a good partnership there. So uh, thanks for tuning in. We will see you on Thursday. Thursday, our guest is Eileen Price with In The City Camp. So we'll see you back here on Thursday. Uh, thank you so much. And again, Jamie, thank you. Have a wonderful day.
1: Thanks.